welcome to the Lift As You Climb podcast, where it's all about the journey and the joy of discovering who you are now, deciding who you want to become, and embracing your genuine identity, influence, and impact. In each episode, we'll explore how life's experiences have prepared us for what we choose to do next and how to create our encore, write our own script, and star in the next stage of our lives. I'm your host, your encore strategist and transformation catalyst, Isabel Alexander. Welcome back, everyone. And I am delighted today to bring somebody new and different and ideas possibly new and different to our show. No, we're all about in this family lifting, climbing, becoming the best version of ourselves so that we can enjoy our future lives, but also live our legacies while we're alive to influence them and impact them. And having opportunities as we do today to be aware of the variety of causes and interests sometimes can be a little overwhelming. So it's been my pleasure in the last while to spend some time with you introducing people who have started foundations, movements, supported charities, building charities, and also talking with some of the experts in the area of philanthropy and giving circles. Today, we're going to look at maybe behind the curtain, behind the scene of businesses that exist, organizations, I, I guess I'm, it's appropriate to say our businesses, uh, but organizations, institutions that give us the opportunity to channel our giving to specific causes. And I'm going to introduce to you today the founder of a company, co-founder, in fact, called Care. <laughs> Let me say that again. Charity Search Group. And with me today is Husani Bastien. He is co-founder with his partner, Maria Yurikova. And they started Charity Search Group to support those organizations to staff with the best people and ensure their sustainability and their excellent management. So welcome. Welcome today, Husani. Thank you so much for coming here and letting us ask you all the questions that are burning in our minds. Thank you, Isabel. It's a pleasure and an honor to be here. Let's start with you telling us a little bit about how this concept of Charity Search Group came about, when and where that's taken you over that period of time so far. My partner and the co-founder, Maria, and I wanted to combine our skills and our passions. Uh, we both had a commitment to helping others. I've volunteered in nonprofits for many years until I co-founded one in Toronto called uh, the Center for Human Success. The bulk of my experience has been in the technology sector. Uh, with the Masters in Information Systems, I've always tried to leverage tech in any venture I'm a part of. 
My partner, Maria, has an extensive background in fundraising and nonprofit recruitment. We decided that we could combine our skills to create Charity Search Group, a business that could help utilize the efficiencies of technology and to help nonprofit organizations find talent in an extremely competitive environment. I did wonder about that. How do you today, generally in the environment, there's a conversation about it's difficult to find good people. It's difficult to find any bodies to fill positions. But in organizations such that you serve, having really high quality people, not only high values and high standards, but high capabilities and have that custodial responsibility for the funds that are being raised is even more critical. So that, yay for you, I appreciate that. And I think that you also hinted a little bit about one of the other questions I was going to ask you about, like, how did your lift as you climb journey begin? It began with my parents who believed in education and hard work. My stepfather and mother raised me. They were business owners who were very busy, but still found time to check my homework every night as I was growing up, much to my chagrin at the time. And then there were countless other times where friends of my parents would look out for me, help me with my first job applications or preparation for the entrance exam to private schools. One time that really stands out to me was my first summer internship. A friend of my stepfather helped me to prepare for work at a local college. My job was to work on their information systems to organize their database. I had only limited experience, but after an intense few weeks of training with this family friend, I was ready to work. And then subsequently, I went on to that internship and think that I had a pretty helpful impact. I love that you have, you were open to learning uh, new skill sets and you applied what you had already learned to contribute to an organization. So that's fantastic. And the fact, when, and this is, is very important to me that your parents had not only encouraged you, maybe they gave you a little push. Yeah. <laughs> really, it's just the other side of giving a hand up, right? Encouraging you firmly in the right directions. So that's great. And I, I guess too, I think that it, I don't personally think often about the technical side of running a charitable organization. So that's very interesting that you're bringing that skill set to this. Why, how has that made a difference for the people that you've served? We do a lot of recruiting for these organizations. And as I mentioned earlier, the job environment is really one that favors the job seeker at the moment, especially in the nonprofit sector. So there is uh, what some people like to call a war for talent. So what we do is a lot of proactive outreach to help find the individuals that are best suited for these organizations. We don't just try to find someone who is good at the job. We try to find someone that is a cultural fit because especially in the world of nonprofits, um, it's very important that person who's working at the nonprofit believes in the mission and feels passionately about the mission. 
And we found that leads to a happier candidate and a happier organization in the long run. As a lifelong serial entrepreneur, I know the absolute critical importance of finding the right people and making sure that they're in the right seats on the bus uh, to ensure that an organization can grow and be successful. So that, that's fabulous. Do you have specific processes for screening the candidates once you've found them to make sure they're, they're going to go into the right environments? Yes. In fact, we find out as much as we can about the organization first. We interview the stakeholders and the people that will be interviewing each candidate to just get a sense of what their priorities are, get a sense of what the work environment will be like. And then when we are reaching out to candidates, we also ask them extensive questions and uh, conduct um, interviews with them to find out what it is they're looking for. So we're almost acting as recruiters and I would say not exactly job consultants, but we do try to ask some psychologically based questions to find out where they will be more happy, where they will be more productive, what kinds of environments they thrive in. And then we pass that information along to our clients so that they can look at this and decide for themselves who they think might be the best fit. And then there's a collaboration between all three of us to make sure that every stakeholder satisfied and finds the right fit for their lifestyle. Do you have to get involved with the boards of directors of these organizations as well? Definitely. Boards of directors are often very busy, so we have to collaborate to schedule those times and get everyone on the same call. And then once we do that, we talk to them and there's many rounds of uh, phone calls and Zoom chats and discussions until we finally narrow down exactly what they're looking for. I know you've been doing this for quite a number of years because you shared your early origin story of your volunteer work yourself, but how many years has Charity Search Group been providing this service? We've been around for about uh, three years now. Uh, we started really working hard on this idea during the pandemic, actually, as a way to bring a positive spin to such a difficult time for everyone. And also to put our minds work to something as we were in lockdown so that we could stay focused and stay sharp. Yeah, I imagine this is, and I'm not an authority in this area, but just thinking as a business person, it must have put a great deal of stress on charitable organizations during uh, the pandemic where they couldn't reach out and have that personal touch and personal connection for fundraising. And, and some of the more conventional uh, ways of fundraising, like galas and ticket selling, et cetera. So did that change your clients? Yes, it was a very challenging time for nonprofits, as it was for many other um, organizations. Um, one of the plus sides was that everyone was adopting Zoom at the time, whereas before, Nonprofit organizations oftentimes were hiring people that were local. Now they had the opportunity to interview 
people countrywide, which really broadened their base of potential candidates, therefore allowing them to really pick the best cultural fits and the best people for that particular space. So the, the Zoom culture was extremely helpful um, for our business model and for the nonprofits that we serve. They also were able to do a lot of online fundraising for the first time, which was extremely helpful because you can mass together a lot of smaller donations from people yeah. all around the country. So it was a really interesting time and really changed the face of fundraising, I think, for the far distant future. Yes. In an earlier episode of this podcast, I interviewed Sherry Meredith, who is a philanthropy expert. And we talked about that a bit, that the base, the way we interact and make our choices with philanthropy and organizations where we can put our money where our mouth is, so to speak, has changed because of the internet from various aspects. So there's that aspect, as you said, uh, you can... It can become part of your part becomes part of a greater contribution. You have the opportunity, as you said, to reach out and develop community uh, through video channels like this. And the other thing I think that Sherry and I talked about is with the internet, we can now, as the donors, the interested contributors, research a lot about organizations and be more. I had more options as opposed to in my younger era, it was who knocked at the door or who I was most familiar with because they were one of the biggies, right? They had their telethons, so to speak. So this is it's very interesting. I'm fascinated because of my business background about the whole way that this works and how it's changed and how it seems to me that it's improving and that it makes sense to me that there should be specialized placement organizations to find the right skill sets to help charities or foundations be sustainable. Precisely. It's so wonderful that right now so many organizations are hiring for remote or hybrid positions, which allow them to tap into the pool of vast candidates throughout the country. And it's really been helpful for these organizations because especially if they're located in areas that don't have a huge talent pool, all of a sudden they can talk to someone from New York City or another really large city and find the best of the best in those areas. It's exciting uh, to me for my generation, the baby boomers who maybe have graduated out of a career or a business and are looking still for purpose, uh, to be able to know that there's a conduit to finding the right match for how much time I have and know that I don't always have to be on the job nine to five, right? Yes. So being remote as well as being part-time can allow everyone to give back in a way that is convenient for their schedule and also allows them to actually commit to something. Whereas in the past, they might've had to do something full-time 
And if they had other commitments, they might not have been able to give. But now it works with everybody. It works with a lot of people's schedules. How do you do outreach to, as I said, the baby boomers who are looking for a new purpose, a new outlet for their lifetime accumulation of tacit knowledge and skills? We found a lot of potentials on, on LinkedIn. Uh, there's a lot of people who are either sunsetting their careers or retired, and we're able to find them on LinkedIn and reach out to them personally and, and talk to them and really find out what it is they're trying to, how they're trying to give back. And with our database of charitable organizations that we've worked with, and we know what they're looking for and what their missions are, we're able to match that and really help these two entities find each other. That's excellent. So for those that are listening, make sure that you're following a charity search group on LinkedIn and keep your profile up to date, uh, indicating that you're open to these opportunities to continue to make a difference in your lives. Um, yes, please do. Yeah, I think this is fabulous. And of course, I know that you have a Canadian origin story too. So I'm also raw cheering on that. And you, for our listeners, give a couple of examples of the different types of organizations or positions that they might start to think about. Sure. So a lot of organizations that are smaller and local are very much in need for volunteers. And so the best way is to visit our charitysearchgroup.com and take a look at the opportunities page. Uh, we're always updating the page with information about new opportunities. The majority of them are full-time, or I should say, are employee positions, but there are a few volunteer positions as well. So I'll be sure to check that as well. So thank you. This is another thing on my mind. Are these all volunteer positions or is there an opportunity to supplement uh, retirement income? Or... Most of these are not volunteer opportunities. Most of them are paid opportunities. Mm -hmm. um, and these organizations are especially looking for people with management experience, executive experience. So perfect for the audience that you mentioned, uh, people that are wise, people that have experience uh, dealing with people. Uh, yeah, that's exactly, would be perfect. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And it's a win for everyone. Yes. That's really excellent. So give me like, give me some examples of what kinds of industries, markets, or clauses would some of your clients be in? So we have a wide variety of organizations we've worked with. To name a few, there's Oasis for Girls, which specializes in helping underserved girls who come from areas of the, of the country that are having a little bit of difficulty, it helps them with training, learning. We work with one of the more interesting ones that I've worked with is the Opportunity at Work. They have a goal to rewire the U.S. labor market so that all individuals skilled through alternative routes, as they call them stars for short, can work, learn, and earn to their full potential. 
In a nutshell, alternative routes often means learning skills on the job or through means other than a formal degree. Oftentimes, businesses have degree requirements as a default when hiring. Unfortunately, that can prove quite exclusionary to many qualified candidates who can do the jobs well because they acquired their skills through alternative routes. Um, this was particularly exciting client to work with because their mission could be transformative for millions of people and the U.S. economy. So it's much of a win organization. And I love that. And I love that we have diversity of choice according to, you know, what's meaningful to us, whether you want to uh, work for, volunteer, or contribute to an organization and then say environmental issues or uh, personal care or healthcare or animal welfare or supporting underprivileged, underserved groups. Um, it seems like there there must be a lot of need and a lot of opportunity in the world. Certainly. There's so many organizations and so many causes, and they're all looking for people to help. It's important to always keep an eye out for these organizations and volunteer where you can, because you mentioned animal charities. I'm specifically very passionate about that. I like to say animals are people too, because they don't get a lot of press, but there's a lot of need for stopping animal cruelty and helping animals because they're, they're beings as well as we are. Mm -hmm. And I think the more positivity we bring to their experience and the more suffering that we eliminate, the better for all of the world. Thank you. I share your passion for that very much. I started as a farm girl and that part just doesn't leave you, right? So there's an opportunity for, in many areas, and different in organizations, there could be any number of needs, right? From, I'm going to take a guess as a business owner here, human resources, marketing, technology, uh, fundraising, um, uh, management. Even just managing a board of directors requires a rather unique skill set, having been on many of those. Um, is this perhaps, and I'm thinking again of my peeps, the baby boomer generation, is this perhaps also an opportunity to add to life skills and experience by uh, learning on the job, as they say, when you bring other talents to an organization, but while you're there, you're acquiring from teammates and colleagues. Certainly. There's um, a huge opportunity to learn on the job and learn while volunteering as well. You can add new skill sets. I'm a strong proponent to being a lifelong learner. Um, even though my degree is in information systems, I have a wide variety of interests in other areas. And so it's important, I think, for everyone to explore new learning opportunities, whether it be on their own or through organizations. It keeps us vibrant and vital. That's my philosophy. Do you work just in the United States? Does Charity Search Group only serve U.S. Uh, entities? 
so far, we've only been in the United States, but we're looking to move to Canada as well to do nonprofit recruiting there as well. Stay tuned. Cool. And are, is there any vision to the future for more global reach for your organization? I think if once we expand into Canada, we might also look at the UK. There's different um, cultures and different legal requirements around recruiting and in the nonprofit space. So we have to look more carefully at some of those in other countries. But uh, North America right now is uh, really a great resource. Well, this is uh, really opening up a lot of the very interesting thoughts on my part. And uh, I, th I think this requires me to ask you right here today, uh, put you on the spot, if you would come back on the show uh, at another time, because I know there's so much more to excavate around the opportunities here for organizations to find the right people to help them grow and be sustainable. And even more exciting for me is to know that for those of us who are looking for our, our next script in life, that this could be another very good part to consider to really utilize what we already have. And maybe it will take us to places that we didn't even imagine yet. Certainly. I would love to come back on your show anytime. That would be great. I, I think it would be just wonderful to showcase some more specific examples of the clients or the, the types of causes that you've been able to support. And also some examples of individuals who um, maybe had a very different career uh, path uh, in, their, in their life and now uh, have opened up uh, the next career for themselves or their next contribution. Before we close, Hassani, is there anything else that you would like to share with the audience about how they can lift as they climb? Thank you again. And I would say lift as you climb sometimes has been mentioned when someone is already successful and to lift someone when you're successful already. But I think it's something that everyone can do. Everyone has an opportunity to lift and pull climb, I would say. Always keep an eye out for that person in your life who might need a little extra positive speech or positive input and uh, help them because we're all in this together. And the more that we help each other, I think the better off we all are. I couldn't have said it better. And thank you for sharing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. For today, for now, uh, I want to say thank you again, Hassani Bastien, who is the co-founder of Charity Search Group. And uh, stay tuned. We'll have a sequel. Thanks, Hassani. Thank you. Thank you for spending this time with me. I hope our conversation added value to your day and expanded your vision for your legacy and impact. Please join me in increasing my impact and expanding my reach to even more people by sharing this episode on social media, with friends, and leaving a review on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or channel of choice. 
To catch all the latest from me, subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Connect with me and others in our community Facebook group, The Lift As You Climb Movement, where you can engage, be inspired by, and grow with a tribe of like-minded people. As I evolve as a podcaster and spokeswoman for collaboration and economic empowerment, your input and feedback are especially important to me. I welcome your suggestions and questions to hello at theencorecatalyst.com. Until we meet again, please remember your success may be the foundation for someone else's. Together, we can raise success ladders around the world.